ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present The Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of The Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Now from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, bring you the fastest three hours in Houston sports radio. Here's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. Ooh, what up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? He's Blank, I'm Branham. It's Brian McDonald behind the glass, and it is a Wednesday edition of the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. So Nick Casario is in Indy, and he's doing some talking. A lot of people say that Nick Casario doesn't say anything, and he talked for a, you know a lot of time today, and he didn't say you know he said a lot, but didn't maybe say a ton. I was say, Although, how do you define that? He talks a lot. He just doesn't give you a lot of I, nuggets. I actually think he gave us a lot today. I, I think that he tipped his hand in what he's going to do in free agency for the Texans. Okay. I think that he backed up a point that you made yesterday, and I also think he pre- he presented. What is a nightmare scenario for a Houston Texans offseason? And he brought up the possibility. But for starters, he annoyed me. He made me really mad. I don't want to say he made me really mad today. He didn't trigger me that much. But he he got a little bit snappy with the reporter's question, uh, pretending like he didn't know what something meant, and then used another word to describe what that something meant later on in the presser. And this is me being curmudgeon, get off my lawn guy. But here was Nick Casario. Someone asked him about like the windows, and like you have a window here, blah, 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 which if you've ever been associated with sports ever, you know exactly what a window is. Here was Nick Casario saying he doesn't know what windows mean i've expressed this countless times it's not about one person it's not about one player every year is different we're not really believers in windows not really sure what that means what so what it's about mean? the 2024 season what do you mean you don't know what a window is get out of here you know what a window is yeah it's when you're better than you're more good than bad and you want to keep get, staying good for an extended period of time that's what a window is. I you don't have know success. what a window is. Well, who you like? You you read Wall Street and talk about the stock market and like Eli Mitchell and like I don't even know if it's a real thing. You talk about like uh, all of these crypto companies. You talk about Bitcoin and Coinbase, and you don't know what a window is. And you've been in sports your whole life. Hint, you're not fooling me. Hint to Casario, you're in one right now. You have a young quarterback. You're in a window right now. That. I, I'm pro Casario. Like I, I feel like I was pretty pro Casario and defended Casario when a lot of people were angry with Casario and wanted Casario fired. I'm like, hey, I think this is part of the plan. I think signing David Cully to be the head coach was like raw, raw energy when you know you're going to have a downtime. Um, same thing with Lovey. Like Lovey really wasn't a second coaching hire. It was more of you couldn't co-sign David Cully for a second year, so you've promoted from within and what amounted to an interim coach because Cully was so incompetent. I've defended you through all of this, and you you're insulting my intelligence by telling me you don't know what a window is? Come on, man. It's, it's pretty sad. You know what a window is. And then here he is a little bit later talking about, he got asked a question about the offseason. Listen to how he operates an NFL team. You don't necessarily have to use all your money up in one year. So we've tried to, and I've talked about this previously, really look at your team in sort of two-year increments. Come on! So whatever you're going to do this year, that You know what a two-year increment is? Years. It's a window! It's a window. Why are you insulting my intelligence, Nick Casario? I've defended you. I've had your back. I've been your shield. And now you're insulting my intelligence by telling me you don't know what a window is, but then saying that you operate in two-year increments, which is a window. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. So, uh, it wait, seems wait, like wait, it's wait. really grinding your my gears. My goodness. I love it. I love it. But, but let me, as we would say, as we, we get more polite on this show, 
If I could push back, though, Sheesh. the window can continue to stay open, Jeremy, but you can have the window open a little bit because you've had success, like you had a winning record. It's still a window. But then the window could be wide open when you have a chance to chase a Super Bowl and go places you've never been. So that's why he can still have <laughs> but it's still you're a window. You're defining he can a window. Two-year increments within the window. Now still. you're putting parameters on the window. What type of window is it? You're putting filters on the well, window. Don't you do commercials for windows? All state siding and windows are the only place to go for these windows. There we go. But when you open the all state siding and windows, you can open it a Man. quarter of the way. Half the way, and then all the way when you're competing for a Super Bowl. So those are the two-year increments, maybe. I've been on the right side of the Nick Casario fence, and he pulls this on today. Whenever everybody you, likes Casario, you feel now. betrayed. It yeah. sounds like you feel betrayed. I feel hurt. I feel like I've had I've had this guy's back, and then he's, he doesn't know what windows are. Get out of here, dude! Every general manager knows what a window is. He Everyone. literally called you a dumbass without calling you a dumbass because he insulted your intelligence because you don't know what a window is. Oh man, that, that, so that annoyed me. I wonder if it's as simple, and this, it's a kind of a soft mindset, but I wonder if it's as simple as running from expectations. Like if you say we're in a window, Maybe. then you're setting an expectation that we need to do something during that period of time that we're calling a window. That's a good call. That's yeah. a good call. Like you're setting, you're setting an expectation for what's about to happen, and you don't want to set the bar too high. Right. That's a good call. That is pretty good. That's a because good call. You, yeah, because you think about it, that would be a Belichick type thing to do. He would downplay everything, but Belichick probably would just say anything. He would just say, you know what, guys, we're here to evaluate talent, and yeah, he wouldn't at even a certain point, the thing about we'll windows, get down yeah. to you know our players and other players, and for now, we're just on to Indianapolis. But yeah, I mean, you you bring up a good point, Brian, in the fact that. Just like with other things, he never wants to tip his hand. He doesn't want to give you any little nugget or two that that then he... I know you think that there's some more to it, and I I don't disagree with you on at least one of them. But I I will say this. Most general managers, aside from maybe Dana Brown, they don't like to tell you anything that they're truly thinking. They just want to kind of make sure they appease you. And I'm okay with that. Like, honestly, like, we want them to give us as much information because what do we do for three hours Mm -hmm. weekdays? We talk about sports. So, like, yeah, give us information. It's entertainment, and we can talk about it. I mean, look what we're doing right now. I'm dissecting his window and two-year whatever he called it. Um, So, like, two-year increment. So, but if I was a general manager, I would say very little. The problem that I have is he's insulting the intelligence. Come on, bro. You know what a window is. I'll get off my soapbox. Well, the media for sure should have poked, should should be able to push back and just go, look, we all know what a window is, and we know you do too. Just If you don't want to address it as that, the fact that how do you keep this train rolling positively down the tracks? I mean, what what is the, the, the plan going into this big offseason? Tony, 22, I'm right there with you. B-Ham, what a D move. Uh, 0202, it's a window, exclamation points. And look, whatever. Um, it, it does annoy me. Like, you're in so He must have not liked the person who asked the question. And I couldn't. They're not giving these media members mics, so we can't hear who it's from. All you hear is the answer. But it was pretty short and, you know, must not like the guy, I think. Uh, BVB on the ESPN Houston YouTube. Spend the dang money. Go for it. Stop waiting. We got quarterback. Try to win a Super Bowl. That's what you call a window. That's what you call a rookie quarterback contract window. All right, I'm done. Well, I'm not done. I hold grudges, but I'm going to try to get off my soapbox for a moment. I'm sure I will throw some passive aggressive shade at it later. I have to be looking out for audio where he uses the term window so we can bring this back up. You know, I hadn't <laughs> thought about that yet, but I will. You, but it would have triggered with me. The, the first time he says window, and be like, yeah, I remember that one time he said he didn't know what a window existed. But he's the smartest guy in the room all the time, but he didn't know what a stinking window is, even though he's spent his life in sports. Get out of here. All right, here's the real stuff that mattered. Uh, get off my lawn. Done for the moment. Uh, this is where I think 
you have to definitely, whenever you're trying to, how do I want to phrase this? Dive into Nick Casario's words. It is kind of like finding a needle in a haystack. You're finding a diamond in the rough. But I think he said two things today. Actually, three things. But two things we're going to get to here. Where I believe it does tip his hand on what the Texans are going to do in free agency. So, breaking news. This is what the Texans are going to do in free agency. Because Nick Casario kind of tells you that that's the plan. Here you go. First one from Casario. But the big thing D'Amico and I have talked about on a consistent basis is just trying to build as deep and consistent a roster, top to bottom. Um, there's going to be certain players whose roles are bigger than others, but the roles that some players have are certainly going to be significant. So we're just trying to optimize our opportunities, try to take advantage of our opportunities to add players to our team. How are you deep and consistent if you spend all your money on one player? Yeah. How? You're not? I think, I think he just told us right now he's not going to be big game hunting. Yeah, it's kind of... Um... When we were talking about it yesterday, and I, even even when I, I took it to cash it or trash it, but it's kind of like add three players that are starters instead of just one the pri- for the price of one. Yeah, I, I say stars and scrub, but it's the same theory. Yeah. Like, yeah. That that to me, like if he's saying we're going to be a deep and consistent roster, I don't think you can have a deep roster if you spend twenty five million on one player and sixteen million on another. I, th- I think it certainly crosses off Chris Jones and Mike Evans right off the top and a few others. But I think it, it, it is pretty consistent with what we've seen from his offseason so far where he's spending money on a lot of one- and two-year deals on veterans. Now, I think a lot of us thought, well, maybe that's because he's waiting his time and biding his time before a window opens to make the big splash move. I, I, I did that to trigger you a little bit, Jeremy. But I think I, I, I kind of assumed that maybe the, the, the strategy would change once they were in, had an opportunity with a quarterback in place to go ahead and make a move and try to win a title but maybe this is just going to be his strategy and it's going to hold even though his situation has changed yeah I mean I look at it and I think that he's always good I think he's always going to border on the New England side of things from his experience of just being hyper conservative if you're going to get a big name it's not going to be at a big cost for the most part in free agency and I think that he he has always grown up in a system and got his professional experience in a system where more, I mean, less is more. Where you can get more players at less money if you just do your homework and you evaluate talent the right way. So I, I never thought that he was going to be all in on an outside free agent. Now, the Grenard situation was interesting simply because he's one of your homegrown guys. He's a guy that you drafted, you brought along to see how they were going to handle it. And, and maybe he kind of let everybody know. I think that that was a pretty big clue that he doesn't want to go stars and scrubs. Now, look, maybe he's, you know, you know, bluffing us. Maybe he's pulling over a fast one, but he kind of said it in very vague terms. I don't I don't see to me I read it as we're not going to go big game hunting. We're going to spend the money, but we're not going to spend it all in one place. I don't know how you can be if you're deep and consistent. And, and quite frankly, I agree with that logic. Uh, I think football more than others, you need to have a really good, solid, deep football team. Because injuries are prevalent in all sports, but more so than others in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And you see whenever you go from your second defensive end to your third defensive end, how big of a drop-off it is. Or your third receiver to your fourth receiver. Uh, look what happened whenever Tank Dell was gone. You still had Nico Collins, but you were missing you know, major firepower in the wide receiver room. So I, I actually like that because we like haven't been in favor of big game spending, but to me it is a huge clue in Nick Casario tipping his hand. Here's some other thing that I that caught my attention. This is something that you were saying yesterday, Blankers. I think what Casario says here backs up the point that you made yesterday in terms of the franchise tag. And listening to this from Nick Casario... I don't think he's using the franchise tag this offseason. Anytime you assign a tag to a player, it's essentially you're committed to that 
value. Now, it doesn't mean you can't work out a long-term contract extension with that player, but it's sort of a fixed number. And I would say, kind of what I talked about a little bit earlier, it's almost a starting point in a negotiation. So you have to figure out, is that valuable? Does that make sense? Or let the player get to the open market, let the market dictate what the value is. So honestly, it's a little cat and mouse game. So you just try to take the information in, try to have a general understanding of the market and try to make a good decision. Huge clue to me, and this is why you, this is what the point you were making yesterday with Grenard. This yep. is why you don't tag Grenard, because if you put 20 and change on John Grenard, his agent's going to say, well, we're worth 20 and change. And it sounds to me like Nick Casario is not willing to pay 20 and change for John Grenard. It's the art of negotiation. And, it, you know, in anything, in business, in sports, whatever, you know, it, you have to be shrewd and you have to be close to the vest. And there's no doubt about it. If you're an agent, the minute that it's even discussed – that the agent representing the client that is being discussed as a potential franchise taggee is going to go, well, that's that's exactly where we're going to start year one at, and then we'll go up from there, and that can handcuff you too. Yeah, so this was, uh, to me, that's a tell. I think that Nick Casario has told us two things today. And, look, maybe I'm reading too much into it. If I am, 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. I think he's telling you he doesn't want to spend a lot of money on one singular player. And then, secondly, it sounds to me like he's not using the tech. Uh, it sounds like he's willing to let John Grenard enter free agency and then let the market determine what John Grenard's actual price tag is and then maybe you make a decision at that point uh, but it doesn't sound to me like brian like nick casario has any intention to use the tag on grenard or dalton schultz yeah certainly of the two things and i agree with both points that he's probably tipped his hands on both but i'm certainly more uh convinced of the latter part with the franchise tag specifically with john grenard because i don't really think dalton schultz is that much of an option but I think what he told you right there is there's no way in his mind that Jonathan Grenard, based off just really the one good season, is worth $20 million per year. And he's hoping that he hits free agency in the market, tells Jonathan Grenard, we also don't think you're worth $20 million a year. And then he can negotiate off of that number as opposed to setting 20 as the starting point in negotiating off of the $20 million number. Do you, do you agree on both points? I, I do. I, I just think that. We can, we can have some fun, and, and we can talk about the windows and all those other things. But for, for me, the main takeaway is is that he is not in the business of, of franchise tagging anybody, and he believes that whether you call him, as you call him, a wheeling dealing son of a gun or not, he's going to find a way to either get that guy at the price that he feels he's worth, or he's going to find someone else that at probably a lesser price that's going to do just the same thing as he's been able to do. 713-780-ESPN. Did Nick Casario tip his hand on Grenard? Did he tip his hand on his his offseason plans? Uh, do you think he's a scumbag for saying he doesn't know what a window is, uh, but then saying two-year increments? And by the way, I just did a Google search on Nick Casario, two-year windows. A lot of them exist, and I'm about to expose it on Twitter at Jeremy Branham. Uh, you can reach us, 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. Yeah, he's a scumbag, you and I'm went, exposing him. You went hard at him. He is. He's a scumbag. He, he says he didn't know what windows are, but there's all these quotes of him saying a two-year window. Scumbag. Uh, he's trying to act like he's the smartest guy in the room and think that we're all idiots, and we're not. We're on Twitch. They're well, idiots. Twitch.tv slash ESPN97.5. I'm sorry, low-hanging fruit. I love you, coming. Twitchers. Uh, you can search us on ESPN Houston at YouTube or there as well. I love all of those. Uh, he's at Pac-Man Joel on Twitter. Brian's at Sacked by BMAC. I'm at Jeremy Branham. Also, another thing that Nick Casario did. 
I think he brought up a nightmare scenario to most Texans fans on how this offseason could go. You're not going to want to miss this. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, right now, I'll tell you about my good friends at MyBookie. MyBookie is the best in the business when you're looking to put some money down on a sporting event or maybe play some poker or blackjack. They take care of their customers all the time. You know there's plenty of sports still going on. Even with football in the rearview mirror, you've got college basketball and pro basketball just about every night. You've got soccer. You've got MMA. You've got golf. You've got hockey. And even when there's no games going on, they have live dealers standing by with casino games like poker and blackjack where you can get your gamble on no matter what time of day or night. <clears throat> it's absolutely fantastic. And they take care of you for listening to us. Our promo code is BET975. If you go on the site at mybookie.ag and you use that promo code whenever it's asked for, you will reap the benefits of getting more money in your account and, and reaping di- uh, lots of bonuses that can always help you. You get a friend to sign up, you get a bonus. You, you re-up your, on your, your account that you've already set up, you get a bonus. You, you set up account for the first time, put money in, you get a bonus. Anything from 50 to to 1000 when you put it in, they're going to match it. They're going to put more money in your account, which means more games you can bet on and, of course, more chances to win. And always with the, the dealer standing by, the casino games are an option for you as well. Just remember our promo code, BET975. They've been in business for over a decade. They ain't going anywhere, so your money's not going anywhere either. It's going to be safe and secure, and you're going to have the, the benefit of being able to go to a one-stop shop to put money down on just about any professional sporting event or college game that's going on. Check them out today. Go to mybookie.ag. And as I always tell you to do, bet anything, anytime, anywhere. With the only place I tell you to do it, it's mybookie.ag, promo code BET975. Live in the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Killer Bees. Now back to Joel and Jeremy. Kenan Galveston, he's a scumbag for that. Wow, drama queen much? Maybe Nick, not me. Um, 0202, I love Branham now. Where you been, bro? Like, what, it took you this long? How long have we been doing this show? Why did it take you this long? Uh, Kevin Z, Texan showed last year that coaches develop talent as well as any other team. They can spend money on lesser talent and turn them into better players more for your money. Um, yeah, I mean, this is the return on investment thing. Now, I want the Texans to spend. Let's be very, very clear. I want the Texans to spend... 95% of their cap space. Uh, I want them to, like, you have to leave the money for the operating expenses for the cap going into the end season. Uh, but if they don't spend near all of their money that they have, I will be majorly disappointed in the Houston Texans. Yeah, no, look, I think that we've kind of highlighted for you, you don't spend all of it because injuries do happen. And also, you've got to have, you know, money allocated for the draft and for your draft picks. But other than that, I want them to explore every avenue and spend every dollar that they can, aside from those two things that you're planning for, to make sure that this roster gets better next year. The schedule's tougher. The, the, the expectations are higher. This team achieved so much last year. No one wants to see them take even a half step back. In order to do that, you're going to need to fortify this roster because we've told you of the starting positions that are up for grabs or players potentially leaving. And with the replacements, you're just not going to bring some stiff off the street to, to fill the majority of them. You're going to want to upgrade those positions. 3311, Nick Casario is telling us that he's no Merriam Webster. He tries to tell you that he's smarter than him. Uh, 8240, it's Brandon. Uh, I prefer to not go big game hunting. I believe in the coaching staff and CJ Stroud to elevate the team to where they need to be. I agree. Still want to spend the money. Here's the question, though Which of the two do you believe can elevate their side of the ball more? D'Amico Ryan's defensive-minded head coach, C.J. Stroud, will be in his second year, top five, seven, wherever you have him ranked quarterback in the NFL. 
Which of the two do you have more faith in that can lift their side of the ball? Uh, CJ. Really? Yeah, I do CJ because of the fact that it, with his with his abilities, it's literally it, during the field of play, we've seen what he's been able to do to the receiver room. We've seen that, you know, because of his accuracy and his ability to put the football exactly where it needs to be, a lot of guys can up their game. I think D'Amico can coach him up. D'Amico has done this in the past in San Francisco with guys where he's created unbelievable success stories with guys like Fred Werner and others. But at the same time, they still got to go out and make plays. And they got to have the ability to go out and make the plays and make them consistently. And maybe it's easier because it's CJ, but I believe more in CJ from what I saw the entire year. Not that I disbelieve D'Amico, but of the two, I think CJ because it's it's on the field while the games are going on that he makes guys better play after play. I guess they both did it in a way last year. Mm-hmm. I would say that CJ did it more, so maybe CJ has scoreboard on D'Amico. I mean, he brought up Nico. Nico never had the year that he had until he was there. Tang Dell had a tremendous uh, rookie year for a third-round receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, I think D'Amico brought up the defensive side, too, from where it was, and you look at like Stingley's success, but he was healthier. You look at Christian Harris from where he was the start of the year to the end of the year. So I think they both did it. I think that's what's good about having them both, right? CJ can lift the offense. And then D'Amico can lift the defense. Uh, 713-780-3776. Fuentes says, I don't want them to spend for the sake of spending, but I want to win every deal, B- minus or better grade, if we were to grade the contracts. I, I get that. I, I, like, I'm, a, I'm a return on investment guy, so I totally respect that, respect her. Um, but you need to spend the money. Like You can't just sit on it. Now, here is the nightmare scenario that Nick Casario, I think that this is going to be a nightmare scenario for all of you that are listening, listener. Um, he brought up something that I hadn't really thought about. Brought up something that I'm not sure many people have thought about. Because we've argued, what's the best way to spend the money? Is it Saquon? Is it Evans? Is it you know spreading the wealth and getting 20 really good players? Blah, 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 blah. Nick Casario brings up the idea of sitting on the money. We have some flexibility relative to financial commitments that we might be able to make. But you don't necessarily have to use all your money up in one year. I've talked about this previously. Really look at your team in sort of two-year increments. So whatever you don't do this year, that money's going to be used in future years. Um, I'm sure I'll get a question here very soon about Nico Collins. That's coming. So that could be a player that maybe he's a part of the future. So you're dealing with the present. You're focused on the short term. But part of our responsibility is to kind of think ahead a little bit. So And just try to make good, sound decisions for the team and the organization. Well, can I push back here a little bit sure. on Nick? Yeah. Of course. Was it year one of the two-year window See, in the oh, two-year increments? Oh, there you go. There wait, wait, wait. Okay, but Don't wait. window. Hear, hear me out here. Year one of the, two, the, the increments of two would have been last year. His first year with D'Amico. His first year with CJ. His first year with everything in place going forward now that the coaching staffs of the past are gone and, and, and the new regime in. So this would be year two of a two-year window, and what you didn't spend last year, you should be spending this year. If I if I hear his quote right, yeah, it's interesting. Like he, I didn't hear him say three year increments. This is the first time that I've even heard like from anybody from anybody. Like obviously the team hasn't talked a lot, and they're going to say as little as they can about free agency. Whether it was D'Amico yesterday, whether it was Nick today, but even all of like you know we have tons of Twitter content, like Texans content on Twitter. Everybody that does radio shows, not only on this station but the entire city. 
I have not heard one person say, kind of sit on the money and then roll it over and start looking into the future about potential extension. He brought up Nico Collins on his own, by the way. He did. He was not asked about Absolutely. Nico Collins at all. He said, which, I, you know, we're about to get asked a question about Nico Collins, which I'm sure is coming up. Never came up. Nobody asked about Nico Collins. I don't think anybody would have asked about Nico Collins. He went out of his way to bring up a player whose contract expires after next season and also brought up the notion that perhaps they sit on some money to put them in better position to re-sign that guy in a year. Yeah, that's that that's that's a very perplexing way of thinking and going about his business and the way that he's handling all of this. Because to me, it just seems like every year is a new year all in itself. And no matter if the window's open, closed, it's increments, it's, it's however you look at it, the fact is you're either good getting better or you're that much closer to re- rebuilding. And and when you look at it from year to year, it's such a hyper-important year because you maximize the, an easy schedule. You, you had guys take, you know, quantum leaps when you thought that it was baby steps. But now the expectations have changed, and everybody's outlook seemingly should change too. And the last thing you want them to do is put a whole bunch of money in their back pocket and save it for a rainy day because, brother, it's supposed to be sunshine and rainbows for the next three, four years. 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line. We kind of get Blankers feel a little bit there on how he would feel if the Texans don't spend the money. Is this a nightmare scenario? And if the Texans don't spend all of it, let's say they leave $30 million to roll over for next year's contracts, what would you think about that? 713-780-3776, the HRP listener line. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, right now a moment to tell you about who we already brought up, Allstate Windows and Siding. If that window's half open, it could be full open, it could be closed, but the thing you better be sure of is it's going to keep the outside elements out and the inside elements cool in the, in the summertime and warm in the wintertime and protect you when the hurricane season rolls around, as we know it can do around here. That's why you go to Allstate Windows and Siding, because they're experts in both, and that's why it's in the title, Windows and Siding. Mary, Mike, the family, they've been in business for almost 50 years. They take care of Houstonians on a daily basis. They will take care of you, too. For most of us, your biggest investment is your house. They make sure you create that hard, protective outer shell so that everything on the inside is protected, like your family, your belongings, and, of course, your energy. And you want to keep the energy in the building. That means with these, with the siding and the windows, you have the potential of saving up to 40% on your energy bills. How big is that? You need to check them out because they will come to you and tell you how that, what they can do and how they can help. All you got to do is pick up the phone and give them a call. 832-204-1936. Call them and have them come to you like I did. They put new windows in my house. First and foremost, it's a massive cosmetic upgrade on the outside of the house it modernizes and makes the entire house look fantastic but the bigger thing as we talked to mike about it was the energy savings the fact that these windows are going to save you money and protect your house that is fantastic for me with a family with kids i want my family protected i also want them to be cool in the summer and warm in the winter and be protected from the hurricane season and they got plenty of deals going on like 24 months interest free twenty five hundred dollars off on a complete siding job or if you're looking at just windows, 30% off on all windows. It, they, they just they know how to take care of you. They, they've been with us a long time. They have always backed Houston sports teams, but they back Houstonians on a daily basis. Again, call them, 832-204-1936. Check out their website, allstatewindowsandsiding.com. Brought to 
Broadcasting live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Killer Bees with Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. He's Blank, I'm Branham. Nick Casario bringing up something that we haven't discussed, something anybody's discussed this, not spending the money, being some like bad cell phone company that you can roll over uh, unused minutes into the following year. Here was Nick Casario again talking earlier today from the Combine and Indy, bringing up the possibility... They might not spend all the money. We have some flexibility relative to financial commitments that we might be able to make, but you don't necessarily have to use all your money up in one year. And I've talked about this previously. Really look at your team in sort of two-year increments. So whatever you don't do this year, that money's going to be used in future years. There you um, go. So the money's going to be potentially used in future years. Collins, brings up Nico coming. Collins. So that's good that there. could be a player that... Nick, sure. shut up. We've had enough of you. Lay off there a little bit, Nick. Cap brings up the point, like, I don't think they should spend the money just to say they spent it, but if they continue continue to get good contracts, upgrade the roster, they should spend all they have. That's where I'm at. And also, I think you have to do the math. Like, do the math on this. The Texans have to find running back one, probably running back two, because I don't think Damian Pierce is either one of those guys. They have to find a third receiver to throw into the mix with, with uh, Nico Collins and Tank Dell. They have to have a tight end. Some people would push back and say they don't need a left guard. I, I would say that's the majority opinion, is that they don't need to spin on offensive line. I would say, eh, like, let's bring in a veteran that's at least capable that can compete for the job. But I'm in the minority there. You need a defensive end starter. You need a defensive tackle starter. You need a middle linebacker. You need a Sam linebacker. You need a second corner. You need a nickel corner. You might need another safety, safety. if you don't yep. like Jimmy Ward. Yep. Kicker, punter, I know is not crazy spendings, but the Texans have spent higher than the average in the last couple of years with Kaimi Fairbairn, Cam Johnson, and I think that they value special teams. So it wouldn't surprise me if they bring both guys back in an above average you know kicker punter deal you know maybe they draft a guy I don't know that would surprise me so if you start doing the math on this you're gonna have to spend all the money to spill to to fill those holes and then with the timeline of the calendar of the NFL I wouldn't feel comfortable like if I if I think of my team as a playoff team I think if we put everything together this year and hit on all this stuff maybe we can be in the hunt to, to you know to try to knock off the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC and represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. If that's my mindset, and it should be because you have C.J. Stroud and that's where your headspace should be. Maybe it doesn't happen, but that's what you should be trying to aspire to do. Honestly, I want all these spots filled up before I go to the draft. I don't want one, two, three critical holes on my team going into the draft pick number 23 and having no idea where the draft's going to be whenever you're on the clock at 23. That's the thing that's frustrating to me because of the fact that he even brought this – the fact that he even brought this up, this notion – is absolutely outlandish and ridiculous in my mind. Again, maybe questioning our intelligence because when you look at it, even if you were trying to bring back the majority of your players from last season, you're going to have to use up a majority of your cap space. And then, like we said, when you have to plan for everything else with the draft picks, and you better have one hell of a draft, depending on what you're trying to do. And he says he's talking to D'Amico. Well, if he's talking to D'Amico, D'Amico, when he was talking to the media, he was talking about the fact that he wanted to improve the defensive line. He wanted to improve the running game. That means he's not bringing back the same players from last year. At least that would be my assumption based on what he said. So if you're not doing that, that means you're going to have to spend in free agency and or you're going to have to replace them in the draft. You better have one hell of a draft and you better have one hell of a game plan all laid out because as you mentioned, the biggest thing to me too is the fact that free agency happens way before the draft. If you don't intend on going out and and going fishing in free agency, but yet you're going to be skimpy with the money that you want to save and put in your back pocket instead of bringing back the guys that did it pretty well for you a year ago, you're going to be creating a whole lot of starting jobs and, and roster spots 
with a whole lot of draft picks and non-drafted free agents, and that is a scary proposition for this team. Yeah, I I hate this notion, and I was surprised to to have him hear it or to hear it from him. Uh, Jared, he says that if it means they keep the money for Nico, then I'm for it. And I understand that you get like a percentage of the cap space that you send. Uh, you can't roll it all over. Like I think it's a pretty like finite percentage. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's not the full amount. Like it's a it's a percentage of it. Like, you can be creative on how you fill these holes, because I don't want to enter the draft with any of these holes, quite frankly. I would like to sign defensive ends, defensive tackles that are capable starters, and if you draft a guy and he beats that guy out, awesome. That's great. And then now you have depth, you have a really good backup. Like, there's some defensive ends that I I like in the market that aren't – they're like more like defensive end two threes, where like, okay, if you have to start them, you're okay. They're probably better suited as defensive end three, which, cool. If I get a guy at 23 that's better than that guy, sweet. I I have a perfect – Perfect, like feng shui in the defensive end room, or at least on the depth chart. So I don't want to enter the draft with any of these holes, which means you spend. But in order to like save money for Nico, and I and I get that it's the general manager's responsibility to look at the future, to look at the window that you have coming forward. Like I, I totally get that, and I, I think that you're doing your job when you do that. Okay, well sign one year deals, sign one year yeah. contracts, and have all the money coming off the books. Because here's the thing, Jeremy, who, how many of these guys are sitting around waiting, going, you know what? We understand the way you want to do business. We're going to hold out, and then we'll work out something after you get through free agency or before the draft. Or, you know, whether it's a cap casualty on another team or one of your own players, ain't nobody waiting for you to figure out how you the structure that you want to stick by. When the money comes to them, they're gone, and you are not getting them back. And so, therefore, between the guys that you are targeting that could make your team better and you're contemplating whether you should spend the money or not, and or the guys that you think helped your team a year ago that you'd like to see back in a Texans uniform, no one is waiting for you and your plan and and, and how you want to do this. They are going to chase the bag and get the best deal for them. So you damn well better have your ducks in a row. Bird in a hand. Like there's the only the only way you can guarantee that Nico's here for another year is you franchise tag him. And now you're franchise tagging a receiver at that premium rate. So like I'm not gonna spend money. So we can re-sign Nico in the future, and the only way that you can fully guarantee Nico is back is to use the franchise tag or at least give him this massive contract. Listen, I worked with the slimiest, just shadiest. Let me, let me be nice. I worked with the cagiest, um, strictly to business, cutthroat general manager in sports, in Daryl Morey. That didn't sound nice. Daryl, I, I changed it. I tried. <laughs> Daryl Morey would lie to your face, and he did it to James Harden later on after the Rockets. But he's he's a guy that asked players to do exactly what I'm talking about. Hey, hang in there. Wait for us to do a couple other things. We're going to double back, and then we're going to take care of you. This is what we're planning to do. If you were dumb enough to do that, more, more times than not, you were left holding the bag, and it's freaking empty while he changed gears and went a different direction because he didn't care about you. He cared about whatever he had to do to better his team. So that just further solidifies these players, these agents, the first time that they sit down before free agency opens up, they know what they're looking for. The first time they get that offer and then they see if there's some competition, might even be able to boost it a little bit more, they're gone. That's it. They're not waiting on you and your, your glorious plan to make this team better. It's frustrating for many reasons, uh, including the ones you guys have laid out. But I, I just don't like the mindset of because uh, from the, uh, on the surface, the idea of saving money to resign one of your best players sounds logical on the surface. But when you really think about it, there's I mean, one, there's no guarantee that Nico Collins would even agree to sign with you, so you can't guarantee that your what you're saving money for would even be used at that point. And the other part of it is. 
we see every year the cap goes up. You don't know what your salary cap is going to look at like next year. And we're not even asking you to spend every single dollar you have available to you under the salary cap. You can do a lot of moves to help the team now, help Nico Collins and his teammates win right now, and then still have money on the back end to sign Nico look at, Collins. Look at the Saints. The Saints every year seemingly are in cap hell. And if you want to, you can find a way to get out of it and get what you need. Mm, I don't want to model this. I'm not saying I want to model them, but I'm saying nothing is impossible. It's like you you can't sit there and say, well, the main reason I'm doing this, I'm keeping money in my pocket for next season. If you need money next season, there's a whole lot of creative ways that you can find money when you need it. I'm just saying it's not the ideal plan to follow what the Saints seemingly do every year. I remember a couple years ago when I said, they're like $80 million over. There's no way they're going into free agency or have any money to spend. And all of a sudden, when free agency hit, they had a couple, you know, $10, $20, 30000000 million to spend. You're like... But they've also had to get rid of some, like, pretty big Sure, pieces. but I'm just saying, there's all, it's still a, there is a possible way to get there. See, I'm more of a fan of just signing the one-year guys. Like, if you're... If, if not every single position, but a lot of these positions. If you're worried about the finances next year because you really feel like Nico Collins is an elite receiver, you know, that's another argument. But if you really feel like Nico Collins is an elite receiver and you need money, you need cap space in order to resign him, okay, well, all these holes that you have... Go sign the best one-year player that you can. But Go sign a veteran who's 32 years old that's willing to pay for you on a one-year deal. That's the key. Are they willing to do it? it? I mean, you talk all the time about how these guys that are, have already gotten paid in their life would be would love to play with the Texans, would love to play with uh, with C.J. Stroud. But like, you got to make sure there's no competition either, though, Jeremy. Because and there the will be. There's always going to be there's competition, competition for good players. there's competition and another team is out for an extra year, Sure. Now I mean, it's yeah. I mean, that's I, a tough decision. I mean, sure. Look, look at the roster this year, though. Sheldon Rankins, Devin Singletary. I mean, there's a lot of uh, uh, you know Noah Brown. There was oh, a lot tight of one, yeah. There was a lot of one year deals yeah. on this team, I, and I think that you can find those guys because I, I think a lot of teams think this way. Okay, we don't want to commit ourselves to a second year for a guy who's 32, 33 years old. And I think you can find, and I think this is where you get the benefit of being the Texans, yeah. D'Amico and C.J. Stroud. These guys have already gotten paid. They're going to go somewhere that can win on a one-year deal, but it's going to be the guys that are 32, 33, 34 years old. Or it's going to be the guys that kind of on first glance got overlooked a little bit that say, I can sign a one-year deal, but if I play my ass off, now I can walk away with a better resume to get the kind of deal I was looking for this year, next year, like Dalton Schultz. Like Steven Elson. Yeah. Like Steven Elson. Like Jadamian Clowney had a really good year last year on a one-year deal. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of good players that are free agents that were on a one-year deal last year. And if they're older, they're not like future plans. They're bridges. But if you're worried about financial flexibility, don't save the money. Go sign these players that can fill out your two deep on a one-year deal. And like, and Brian mentioned a lot of the Texans that were like that. Uh, Blake Cash, well, Blake Cashman was a multi-year deal. Um, but you had Perryman. Like, Perryman didn't have a great year, but a one-year deal. Tavier Thomas from a three year with the Cowboys. Like, He's going to get paid more this year. Those you can find a lot of. I'm not going to say like like game changing starters, but just solid. They're going to fill out your two deep one year stop gap so you keep your financial flexibility. I'd rather go that route than the Saints route because you're just kicking the can down the road just, and eventually yeah. you're going to have to cut somebody who's really now, really good. You don't good. want to do that, and obviously that's that's a very dangerous way of doing business because you need in some a lot of cases you need players to be willing to to renegotiate contracts. You have to get super creative with your capologists, and sometimes you can get left holding the bag and lose players. But I think to your point, think about from a Texans perspective last year of those guys that were filling out your two deep. 
that we're just going to fill roster spots and you hope we're going to get better. Think about how many guys up their stock. Singletary's going to get more than he would have gotten a year ago. Schultz is going to get more than he got a year ago, and probably both those guys could get multi-year deals. You know, Rankin should, no matter how much you you wonder if D'Amico missed something that we saw or whatever, I thought he had a really good year. He's going to get paid, and he's going to get paid on a multi-year deal as well. Stevie Nelson, the same. So most of the guys that you did with these deals paid off for you. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Let's go out to the HRMP listener line. Andy, you're in the hive with the bees. What's up? Yeah, hey guys. I, you know, I, I'm in my car all day, so I listen. I bump around stations, listen to all kind of talk radio, uh, sports talk. Andy, there's only yeah, one sports station like, in town. It's ESPN nine seven five. Uh, yes. Hey, I'm just being honest. Uh, no, I appreciate it. It's uh, it, it it's a it's a. It seems like everybody's on mixed case. And, you know, like, if, at the end of last year, everybody was like, oh, man, he screwed up with Singletary. Singletary, you know, uh, oh, my gosh, look what old uh, Sauce is doing, blah, blah, blah. And, and now we look at Singletary having a full year healthy and how dominating he was this year. You know, we look at Collins before this year. Wow, he got Collins. Uh, Collins ain't done nothing. Now we look at Collins, and he's on the peak of uh, getting big-time money as the number one wide receiver. You know, even people back then were questioning Tank Bell. And, and I was like, yeah, Tank Bell. Look what he did in college. He gets separation. He runs great routes. He catches the ball. He, he, he's phenomenal. You know, I, you know, you know, when he came here three years ago, we had so much dead cap space money. We didn't have nothing. We didn't have the first or second round pick. This guy has single, this guy has turned this organization around. And so far, the only real bad pick I've seen is Green. And I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't come in shape and healthy and starting left guard. I hope so. I hope so. Appreciate, Appreciate it, Andy. Call, Andy. Yeah, I, that was the name I was going to bring up just for the fun of fodder to go back and go, well, there was also one guy that so far hasn't done anything yet. I'm not expecting Kenyon Green to be all pro this year or Pro Bowl, mm-hmm. but either one. But we'll see what happens. But it's not that you're questioning his ability to evaluate talent or, in, in a lot of cases, even draft players. It's the con- it's what he's talking about with contracts, free agency, resigning his own, going out and getting others, and continuing this upward climb of success that the team set out, set the bar higher by doing what they did a year ago. Honestly, I think it's a compliment that we're, we're talking this way about the Texans. And I agree with you, Andy. I think that Nick Casario has done a bang-up job with what he took over. Uh, a lot of people wanted him fired 12 months ago. A lot of people wanted Cal to sell the team to Kerry uh, 12 months ago. Uh, all of these things. Things happen in sports quickly. Uh, and the Texans have made a complete 180 spin in the last 365 days. So you're completely right. Now, this conversation about us wanting the Texans to have a solid offseason is a compliment to where they are. If they were 4-13, and 13, we wouldn't even be talking about free agents. We'd be talking about draft. Who do we want the Texans to draft at number 4 or 5? So it's a compliment to where they are, and because I think that they have a chance to be really good next year, certainly a playoff contender. Some people would have loftier goals for the Houston Texans, and I don't blame them because you have C.J. Stroud and you have the coach, and those are the two pieces of an NFL winning team, right? Um, but because of how good they were or are, that's why we're discussing, yeah. well, they need to spend up to the salary cap. They can't, they can't roll money over next year whenever they have all these holes and they have Super Bowl aspirations. You can't, you can't sell that to 
D'Amico? You, how would C.J. Stroud feel about that? Like, how C.J. Stroud, and I'm sure that he trusts Casario, but if, if you went to C.J. Stroud right now behind closed doors, and you're like, hey, your general manager is going to save $20 million for next season. How do you think, how do you think C.J. Stroud's going to like that? Think about, he's not, and think about what we were talking about the other day. You're selling hope at that point, right? When you're looking for these big fish, the fan bases that are looking at the big fish are looking to be buying hope. Because if it's you're the Bears, you're not going to win the Super Bowl. You're hoping to win five, you know, more than you lose next year. So regardless, if you're looking at Mike Evans, you're selling hope. Your draft picks and then getting a guy with a big name like Mike Evans sells hope to the fan base that, hey, brighter days are ahead. But how many of these teams that are going to Super Bowls have all this money lying around to where they're going to go and get Mike Evans and they're going to go and spend at the top of the free agent market? They don't because they were smart and they're good without them. And that's why you, the, the, the big names normally go to the, the, the franchises looking to buy and sell hope, whereas the, the, the franchises that are actually truly successful are trying to take the next step to actually really compete for all the marbles. 713-780-ESPN, the HRP listener line. How would you feel about the Texans not spending all of their cap space this year, a majority of it? Nick Casario brought up that possibility today. 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Now back to the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. He's Blank on Branham, 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line. How would you feel if the Texans didn't spend a majority of their cap? Four, four, like Nick Casario presented that option today. 4403 says you never spend the entire cap regardless. you got to pay for the rookies and keep a pocket for injury signings. Rookies are going to count against the 24 cap. Uh, we said that. Like, you're going to keep enough to operate. But we're talking about majority. We're not talking about 100%. We're talking like 90 to 95%. Like, Casario brought up the option that that might not be the case. Uh, 6455 with the Texans' strength of schedule this coming year. Wouldn't it be better to spend money next year rather than this offseason? No, I mean, not necessarily. I mean, like you talked about, in every league, there's a minimum you have to spend anyway. But at the same time, you know that you have all these players that you have the the possibility of losing. You're going to have to spend whether you re-sign them or replace them no matter what, unless you're not too worried about winning and losing with a schedule that's going to get substantially harder next year and expectations going higher. I, I just... Yeah, you could sit there and think that you're going to save. You're not going to save as much as you think you are, and your team's probably going to suffer more in a one-year span no matter what. I think it's a loser's mentality. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we're not going to win against some good team, so we're not going to try to build the best roster that we can. Um, that's a loser's mentality, and Nick Casario, and certainly not D'Amico, and certainly not C.J. Stroud are not going to have that mentality. Now, this is my general philosophy on building a football team. So, like, we have this baseline of, like, where my mind is at. I'm a big believer of building through the draft. I think you should build through the draft. I think teams like Baltimore built through the draft. I think that's where they've been good for a really long time. Green Bay, certainly during their heyday, built through the draft. And then I like spending in free agency to fill in the holes, to fill in the blanks. Now, the unfortunate thing about the Texans this year, they have a lot of holes. They have a lot of holes when they're too deep. They have a lot of starters they have to fill because the Texans and Nick Casario had signed these one, two-year contracts 
uh, to kind of be the bridge for their rookies to eventually step up. Now, the good news is some of those guys are. Like, you have Stroud at the most important position. Great. Uh, you have Nico and Tank still under club control. Now, Nico is coming up. Uh, you have Laramie Tunsil Howard locked up, although Tunsil wasn't you know through the draft. Juice Scruggs was somebody that you drafted. Will Anderson, somebody that you drafted. Christian Harris, Derek Stingley, even Jalen Petrie. So, like, you are getting there. You are getting there where you have young players and you're growing from within. Homegrown talent, I think, is how you win, really, in all sports. But then in football, the holes that you have, okay, you need a wide receiver three. Go sign a free agent on a one, two-year deal, the best one you can. Like, you shouldn't be breaking the bank unless, like, there's it's like something just presents itself, which usually it doesn't. Usually you don't win through free agency. Uh, go find a defensive end that's going to give you 10 sacks on a one-year deal. Those guys exist. Quite frankly, well, they exist. And if you do the first part right, more of those guys are going to want to join you on exactly. those deals. Because you're a winner. Be- right. Because exactly. you're a winner. Like, your 32-year-old who still has 10-sack capability is going to want to sign with you. Like, I keep using the, the example of Jadavian Clowney. He had nine and a half sacks last year, depending on where you look. Um, like, and, and Jadavian Clowney might be too close to home because we know all about Jadavian yeah. Clowney. But that type of player, don't, don't think so much about the name, but that type of player. Well, he's a really good talent. He's going to be willing to play on a one-year deal, and he's going to be productive enough to give you some good snaps. Now, if you sign a Jadavian Clowney type to be your second defensive end opposite of Will Anderson, and then you're sitting there at number twenty-three, and all like the best player available is um, you know Jared Verse, That's just the defensive end that popped in my name. Mm-hmm. I don't expect him to be there at number twenty-three. Chop and Robin. then he out, and then Chop Robinson outplays Jadavian Clowney, and he's your starter. Great. Now you have two starting defensive ends for the next few years, maybe even longer than that because you're building through the draft. I need the free agents on a one, two-year deal maximum to be the bridge for the young player eventually. And sometimes you're never going to get the young player and you're going to constantly recycle free agents through. And that's okay. But you also look at, because of that, that's the model that's worked a lot for New England too, then with the cap casualties that are looking to win and are coming cheaper, and then with those one- and two-year deals, you want to play with the Patriots. You want to play, You see the Randy Mosses. You see all the running backs that they went through that were like, yeah, I want a chance to win. I may, you know, and I've heard veterans say how much they hate Belichick's just pound, pound, pound every single day grinding on you. But they knew the outcome was they had a chance to win. It was a successful organization that they were willing to, to take a small, short-term deal to try and get something that they were chasing, which is success, a championship, a ring. So you see those things happen because of what you're building, and you're right. That's why when you do go into free agency, chances are you're not trying to do what the mid-level teams are doing to make the splash to sell tickets and, and, and go with the big fish. You got guys that are willing to take a little less than what they were thinking about getting, but knowing you're going to get more and they're going to get more with the opportunity to get deep into the playoffs and win a ring. Any objection to like that that roster build? Because I think that's how you do it. I think, I think Nick Casario's on the way. Like I really do. Like look at the names that he's drafted. Like and this is to Andy's point earlier. Like he's built this up from nothing. Uh, and like the you had the, you had the asset of Watson because you did get a good return for Watson, mm-hmm. and then you were able to use that for like you know picks that you use for Stroud or to trade up for Will Anderson. You, you nailed the. You, I mean. They nailed their uh, their prediction on who Will Anderson was going to be. They didn't care that they overspent because they knew Will Anderson was going to be the dude. And he was. Like, they nailed that. You have Stroud. You have Nico. You have Tank. You got Juice Scruggs. You got Titus Howard still in the mix, even though his previous regime. Will Anderson. Uh, Christian Harris. Derek Stingley. Jalen Petrie. Like, that is a pretty dang good mm-hmm. foundation. So now how do you add to that? Draft. Try to add more young foundational pieces. And then bridges in free agency. But think about this when we, a couple months, weeks back or months back, when we said, would you rather be the Niners or would you rather be the Chiefs? The mentality that works once you have the quarterback and not saying that CJ is or isn't Pat Mahomes yet, 
but at least you know you've got a, a better than average uh, top of the, the 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 quarterback rankings list of a quarterback. Now, when you have some of your players like a John Grenard that want the big time money, like they had Tyreek Hill, they had other guys. At a certain point, they just go bye. Because you know what? Mm-hmm. There are going to be other players that want to play for us. They're going to be cheaper than what you're trying to get. We're not mad at you. We're, we're thankful for what you did while you were here. But if that's what your end game is, and that's how much you think it's going to cost, then we're going to move on from you because we have what we need so that we know we can build around you and replace you. One four eight three. When you uh, when you talking Cougs, just send questions in. We'll we'll answer some questions about the Cougs. We're gonna talk about them in the four o'clock hour a little bit too. One four eight three seven one three seven eight zero ESP and HRNP listener line. I gotta get a margarita. So it looks like Jose Abreu is gonna bat ahead of Yiner Diaz. Does that bother you? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Killer Bees. ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five.